Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Justin Klein listens to your questions. Let's go to Eric in Virginia looking at Alcoa. I've been watching Alcoa for a while. Um, one of the commodities I hadn't pulled the trigger on, but I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. And provides unbiased answers. I, mean, I, I like commodity prices. Uh, remember, uh, aluminum is highly, highly energy intensive to produce. That's going to mean it's going to be difficult to compete against the likes of an Alcoa. Invest Talk. Over 40 million downloads and counting across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Wednesday, April 6th, 2022 edition of Invest Talk. I am Justin Klein. I look forward to doing this hour with you and answering your finance and investment questions and giving you straight and unbiased answers and helping you navigate this market environment. And today was just another one of a continuation of the trend. Growth underperforming. Large cap growth. Looking at the Morningstar style box, down 3.4%. Large cap value, up 0.64%. That's a 4% difference in a single day. A single day. That's pretty wild. But today was Fed uh, minutes announcement to kind of to overview of what they said during their last meeting and how that's going to impact uh, policy going forward. And clearly the market was okay with it in some senses and others not so much. But that's a quick overview. I'll get to a little bit more of the data on uh, you know on a recap later. But ultimately on this show, it's about helping you understand the current market you operate in and how to avoid the pitfalls. And the pitfalls of today are different in many ways from the pitfalls of just a few years ago. The type of investments that are going to do well are very different in an inflationary environment as opposed to a disinflationary environment. We're just coming out of really 30 years of inflation being very, very moderate. Well, we're entering a period, and it may be only a decade, maybe three, four decades. Who knows? We don't know that yet. But we can see the trends. And COVID kind of started it off. And it's just going to continue. Higher inflation, and therefore, a focus on the markets that are different. And if you're paying attention, you're seeing these trends. And so my job here is to keep you abreast of the trends and get you thinking in the right way because that's the beginning that's the root of your eventual decision making is understanding where to focus 
A lot of people, that's, if you look at biases, that's one of my favorite biases that people don't realize. I didn't realize it until I was reading up on a different biases that I had it. And it's the thing that you're focusing on that's right in front of you. You put more emphasis on it because it's, it's, it's in front of you. It's part of your thought process. And you think that that's, that's more important than most other things that go into the end decision because that's what you are educated on, you're gathering data on, you're thinking about. Even though some other aspect might be just as, if not more important, but you don't know that because you're not focusing on it. So your frame of mind is extremely important. And if you still have the frame of mind that you had pre-COVID, when it comes to investing, you're going to make a lot more mistakes. So my job is to help you uncover the opportunities and also the risks and do your best to recognize the opportunities and avoid as many risks as you can. You're never going to bat a thousand. Understand that everyone makes mistakes. Everyone does things wrong from time to time. It's about putting the odds in your favor and making consistently good decisions with your money. So on this podcast, I'm going to operate with my mission statement, which is, which is always independent thinking and shared success, which means I'm not Kramer. I'm not banging bells and whistles. I'm not just following the latest trend, looking at the reality on the ground. And so when I'm talking about the market as a whole, longer term trends, particular stock that you're looking at, that you're calling in about, a sector, a process, whatever it is, I'm here to present it all without bias. Just give you the facts as I see them. I have a lot of data in front of me, and I also have 20 plus years of investment experience and a lot of time analyzing the decades and decades and decades before that. We had the S&P that was down 44 points today, about 1%. And the NYSE that was down about 57 points, definitely better, only about uh, a little less than half a percent uh, there. Really, this is just a pullback to support. Uh, and, you know, there, the, the, the Fed announcement talked about a 50 basis point. A lot of members wanted a 50 basis point hike last meeting. And the expectations for the next meeting, which is early next month, is for a 50 basis point hike. And that is likely to be, that's priced in about 80% plus in the market. When the market prices that type of um, odds in, the Fed likes to give it to the market. <clears throat> the market, or the Fed does not like to surprise the market. So this talk of a 50 basis point hike at the last meeting, and thus likely next meeting, that's already known. It's baked in. The market is already pricing in eight Fed rate hikes this year, which means there is a lot of, there is a lot of, a lot of the rhetoric and forward guidance that the Fed gives, its goal is to affect the market today. And it's done that in a big, big way. To me, what they've been doing is collecting bullets in their holster without actually having to do a whole lot. 
You know, you can talk about being very, very, very hawkish and the market's going to react to it. You see with short-term rates, the two-year, the 10-year rates are, are mooning in Reddit terms. But they've only raised rates one time, which means that their forward guidance is working. It's taking the wind out of the economy in a bit, I think pretty quickly, faster than it normally has. So I think they actually have a lot of bullets left in the holster. I think they'll use it, meaning they'll take some of those rate hikes off the table. Because what the 210 inversion is telling you is that if they do go with those eight rate hikes, they are going to break something. Um, so, but near term, I think uh, there's still liquidity and uh, this is a support area in the market, uh, at least for probably another month or so. Now let's go to Dan in Pleasanton. Actually, no, we're going to go to a break and then we'll get to Dan. Now, Stephen, I thank you for your podcast support and our free downloads will continue. So I'm going to make you aware of a couple other ways to find our content. One is our YouTube channel as well as Instagram. We're building out content over there. So head over to those platforms and search Invest Talk. Remember, two T's. Now, the phone lines are open. So give us a call now at 888-99-CHART. You've got a portfolio to grow and protect, and this is no time to lose focus. So get your finance and investment questions together and call Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. They're ready with their unbiased answers. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Let's go talk to Dan in Pleasanton. He's looking at Lowe's. Hey, uh, Justin. Uh, thanks for taking my call. And um, I've got a question with regards to, um, you know, it's dropped, Lowe's has dropped um, since the beginning of the year, about 60 bucks. Mm -hmm. And um, I was wondering, is this due to inflation um, and maybe the slowdown of um, housing um, sales? I think it's the latter. Uh, Inflation, I don't know, I would say inflation, but... Definitely, this uh, the market's pricing in a slowdown in housing, and I think the companies like this that supply to the remodel market, I think they're going to be hit the most. Because think about it, cash out refinancing has been a big boom, especially during the COVID times when interest rates were very low, and people had a lot of equity in their homes. And they needed to remodel for reasons that not were not just for for fun. It was for I hey I need an office or I need an extra I need to build an office or remodel my office. Or, or, I'm moving um, or I, I've 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 land. I just need to have more space because I'm spending more time at home. So they had the ability to do that. But now with interest rates at five percent, not very many people are going to be, re- be be refinancing their home and especially doing a cash out refinance to go spend at Lowe's. And so that's what you're seeing here is this this decline in, in in share price and growth is clearly slowing. Last quarter, revenue was only at 5% and earnings were flat year over year. Last year, a year prior, revenues were up 27%, earnings up 41%. So you're seeing that sharp deceleration there in uh, in growth and it's likely to turn negative. Now, where is the floor? I'm not sure. Um, but I, I, I don't like the trends. I don't like the, the, you know, the higher mortgage rates that are taking the wind out of the sales of the cash out refinance market. Um, so Lowe's is a good company, but I think it's uh, far away from being a great value with the current trends in the market. 
Thanks for the call, Dan. Let's go to Eric in Virginia looking at Alcoa. Hey, how's it going, Justin? Hey, um, I didn't get to say this last time we talked, but I just want to say thank you guys for everything. Um, you taught me a lot, so appreciate, really appreciate that. I'm glad you're getting a lot out yeah, of it. Yeah, so I've been watching Alcoa for a while. Um, one of the commodities I hadn't pulled the trigger on, but I was curious if you still think aluminum has a ways to go from here. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like commodity prices. Uh, w- remember, uh, aluminum is highly highly energy intensive to produce and that's going to mean if you're in an area like europe for example where energy prices are mooning you're it's going to be difficult to compete against the likes of an alcoa because alcoa is mainly a a u.s company it's vertically integrated and it's the world's world's largest uh bauxite miner and aluminum aluminum refiner by volume. And so I actually, I like Alcoa. I think, uh, you know, the fact that they're able to produce in cheaper uh, energy markets uh, is 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 definitely a big benefit uh, to them. And you can see that in the earnings. Earnings expectations must be $11.40 this year, by far an all-time high. Now, remember, it's very volatile. Uh, the price of uh, uh, aluminum and historically they go from making good money to losing money and it's not uncommon to see big uh, earning swings but i like this longer term in this new multipolar world and higher energy prices overall so thanks for the call now we're moving into a break and i'm taking your invest talk calls live right now so why don't you pick up the phone 888-99 chart Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Now, my focus point today is based on the story behind this question. What should investors make of Elon's Elon Musk's largest Twitter or large Twitter stake. Now, he acquired about 9.2% of the business. And on this is announced on Monday. And the price of the shares went up 27%, the biggest one-day move in the company's public history. And they also said that he would be joining the board. Now, he's seeking influence on opening up the platform and how it controls content, uh, maybe push more subscription models, etc. But there's this this kind of muddle, muddies the water, I think, even more for, for Twitter that's been trying to find its way post Jack Dorsey. They have a new CEO, Parag Agrawal. Uh, and... He, you know, historically, Elon's been uh, been up and down with his use of Twitter. Uh, it's got him in trouble with the SEC. Remember, it's 420 uh, buyout. He's also uh, in the midst, uh, I think he's still in the midst of a defamation case in where he called one, uh, is he still in the midst of it? Yeah. Oh, he had a settlement, excuse me. And... He called someone a pedophile uh, who was part of uh, 
some group that was trying to save those, I think they were soccer players that were stuck in a well, something like that. Uh, and so there was, there was that, uh, he also has called, has used the platform to call California fascists for shutting down California's, uh, or the, uh, Twitter, not Twitter, the Tesla, uh, plant in California during COVID, even though recently China did the same thing in Shanghai and he didn't really say a whole lot. Um, but the, the end result here is I think there's going to be more pressure and I think the pressure is actually good. I think Twitter is a fantastic platform. I know the user growth isn't as good as some other platforms, but high profile people use it. And it's kind of the new way you do PR, right? If instead of a public release, you just tweet it. You don't need, you know, to send it out to, uh, you know, the Associated Press or anything like that. And I think there's power in that. And clearly there's power in Elon because love him or hate him, he's a figure that demands attention. And he has 80 million Twitter followers that uh, a lot of them hang on his every word. And so I actually think this is positive for Twitter and will likely lead to better decisions in regards to the business longer term, bring more attention to it. And that's what they need. They need somebody to shake it up. Now, is Elon the right person? I don't know. But uh, they've been stuck in a malaise for a while and not being able to really capitalize on their platform. And I think this is uh, potential for a big change. Now, let's swing back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank for a question that came in earlier at 888 chart Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Rick from Maryland. I had a question in regards to selling puts. So I'm not really a big investor, right? Full-time job. I, I don't have time to kind of break down everything, right? But let's just say I like a company at a certain price, but only if it gets to that certain price. Is there any disadvantage to saying, hey, I'm just going to sell the the put at, at that price? If it gets there, great. Or otherwise, you know, at least I'm making a premium. Hopefully that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I just don't really understand all the nuances selling options. Look forward to hearing from you guys on the podcast. Thanks. All right. Great question. The answer is the, the downside is if you get your position too big. Now, there is there are ways to get yourself in trouble in a big way by selling put options. And that means if they are not cash secured. So cash secured put options are pretty low risk. You have exposure to the underlying, but at a lower price, ideally, like you said, targeting that lower price that you'd like to buy it at. Problem is, if it's too far, say it's 30% away, and especially if it's not a very volatile stock typically, your premium is not going to be very big. So what a lot of people are tempted to do is say, well, I'll sell, instead of selling uh, one put that amounts for 100 shares, that equates to 100 shares, they say, well, I want to get more premium, so I'm going to sell five puts, and that's 500 shares. And suddenly, if it does get down to that price, that 500 shares is 
a large percentage of your portfolio and that gets you highly exposed to that particular position. So that's the problem that it presents to you is keeping your position size correct so that it's not more than 5% of your overall portfolio. So that if it blows well past that strike price where you think it's a good value, maybe you're wrong. Maybe it's at 100. You think a great value is at 80 and it blows right through that. It goes to 50. Well, did you sell too many puts and now you're on the hook for uh, yeah, buying into 80, but now you have a $30 per share loss on a lot of shares, a lot more than you were bargaining for because you were chasing yield. That's where people get in trouble. As long as they're cash secured and uh, a reasonable small percentage of your portfolio, I think you're fine. Now we're heading to a break. I'm Justin Klein and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Why pay more for a separate CoQ10 supplement? Enjoy twice the benefits with Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced from the number one doctor, pharmacist, and cardiologist recommended beat brand for heart health support. The new Superbeats Heart Choose Advanced by Human is now infused with CoQ10. That's essentially like getting CoQ10 for free. Our powerful blend of beetroot, grapeseed extract, and CoQ10 ingredients support nitric oxide production healthy blood pressure, healthy CoQ10 levels, and heart-healthy energy with two tasty chews a day. Plus, Superbeats Heart Chews Advance are plant-based, so you get heart-healthy energy without stimulants. For a limited time, get a free 30-day supply of Superbeats Heart Chews on all bundles and 15% off your first order by going to RadioBeats.com and using promo code DEAL. That's RadioBeats.com, code DEAL. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. 
Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen, Justin. I have a question regarding the stock Google, G-O-O-G-L, for the A shares, but they also offer C shares, which the symbol is G-O-O-G. I wanted to get into the stock before the split, but was wondering if it would be better to go and buy into the A shares you can explain what the difference is with the two. I don't think I want to be a shareholder that can vote, so it doesn't really matter, but what you think would be the better share type to get into. Thank you for your show, and I'll be listening for the answer. All right. Well, GOG has no voting rights, and GOOGL does have voting rights, and you're probably correct. You don't typically care too much and the difference in share price is pretty let me see g-o-o-g is 27.43 the close today g-o-o-g-l is 27.30 so it looks like a slight discount that's kind of odd um i would go with the cheaper one <laughs> to be honest with you um yeah i don't i don't think it matters too much to be honest with you, they're going to be highly correlated and you're not uh, worrying about the voting anyway. So unless somebody activist is put taking a big, sh a big uh, stake in it, which is difficult uh, considering Google's size of oh, what's their market cap right now, 1.8 trillion. Uh, I don't think any activist is going to try to tackle Google, especially because their business has been, you know, pretty good over the years. So yeah, I would go with the one that's just trading at the cheaper price. Thanks for the call. 888 chart, 888 We have about 20 minutes left in the show, so get your calls in now. Let's talk about Wall Street and their loans to the energy industry, clean energy, as well as oil and gas. Now, banks underwrote more than $100 billion of bonds and loans for clean energy use in the first quarter, and $95 billion in borrowing for oil and gas firms in the first quarter. Now, last year was the first year where banks actually underwrote more, more investment, uh, more CapEx in the green space versus your traditional oil and gas. In 2018, four times as much money was raised by banks for fossil fuels than clean energy. So that's a big shift in just three years. But this is a good example of why we're in an environment where energy is likely to continue to go higher, fossil fuels, because the lack of investment. When there's a push by banks, think JP Morgan trying to be more green, it means that the cost of capital is higher for oil and gas projects and less overall get financed. Now, Citigroup arranged more green debt than fossil fuel debt for the first time last year. But in the first quarter, 
it reversed that a bit. But still, not in a giant way. And that's what's interesting to me is with oil prices so high, you would think it's very attractive right now to lend for new capacity because you have a pretty pretty healthy confidence that they're going to pay back those loans. And on the green side, the supply chain issues are making it more difficult for clean energy projects to actually get up and running. And they pushed up the costs as well. Think of solar panels and the chips that go into that. The cost of the solar panels have gone down over the last decade plus because they've been produced in China using cheap, dirty energy, coal. And now that's kind of reversed with the shortage of coal, increasing cost of natural gas, and China rationing their energy use. And so the cost of solar panels have actually started to go back up. And so that's causing issues as well. One bank that actually lent a lot more in the fossil fuel space, Wells Fargo. 6.7 to 1 in the first quarter, a 6.3 to 1 last year. So they're actually stepping in, and I think that uh, that bodes well for Wells Fargo. I'd rather be, frankly, if you're just following the money, there. In 2018, it arranged 68 times more, talking about Wells Fargo, more financing for oil and gas than green projects. So I thought that was extremely interesting to see uh, a big dichotomy between Citigroup and JP Morgan and then Wells Fargo. Now let's pivot back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank. The questions come in all day and night on 888-99-CHART. Uh, hello, uh, this question is for Justin. I'm just wondering what you think about Roblox, RBLX. Um, I was always impressed by the large number of users it has, young users. And thinking that might turn into they turn older and they use it even more and they have their kids use it or whatever. But anyway, it's doing poorly, as you know, and I was just wondering whether you think it's time to sell it. Thanks. Bye. Definitely time to sell it. Then a downtrend. It's trading at extremely high multiples based on previous earnings and forward earnings are getting worse. This is a good example of, hey, it did well during the pandemic. Kids were sitting at home uh, a lot. They were they were uh, homeschooled, right? Everyone was doing their Zoom calls and babysitting their kids. Now, now kids are back in, in class and they're not at home sitting on Roblox nearly as much. And that's why earnings are supposed to be negative this year, 77 cents, and get worse next year, negative 92 cents. That's down from 24 cents in earnings in 2020 and 5 cents in earnings in 2021. They... The trends are clearly changing. And and you're, you're talking about them using it more as they get older. That's actually the opposite. As you get older, you use video games less. And these things are very fickle. One day it's, uh, you know, I'm excited about Roblox. And, you know, the, the next month it, it might be another a game. And, and then Roblox is, is passe. It's old, right? Um, and so last quarter they lost 25 cents a share the growth of revenue is is decelerating dramatically. I think this is a fantastic short, short. I would definitely not be owning this name. Thanks for the call. Now, the second quarter has begun. Today was just the fourth trading day of the year. 
And the stock market, as we know, it's volatile, and we're transitioning into a new regime. And the question is, is your portfolio ready? Is your portfolio positioned for 2018, 19, 20? Or 22, 23, 24? Very different markets. Very different companies that are doing well. One is a deflationary environment of the past, and now we're in an inflationary environment. So if you need help understanding whether your portfolio is set up for success in this new regime, I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our company, KPP Financial, where we operate with the same philosophy, which is independent thinking and shared success, where we practice unbiased guidance, both on and off air, and parallel investing, where we invest right alongside our clients. So I encourage you to take advantage of our free portfolio review assessment via telephone, Skype, or go to meeting. Or you can call our office at 800-557-5461. Just head over to, or just head over to investtalk.com and click on the portfolio review tab under investtalk. The investtalk tab, excuse me. No obligations. We'd love to help you in any way. Next up, we'll go back to the investtalk voice bank. So hang on. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. Your rating is a vote of confidence that leads to higher visibility and causes more people to discover and listen to Invest Talk. So please tell your friends and family members about the free Invest Talk downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and investtalk.com. Remember to include your brief question when you review and rate on iTunes. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24 7. Don't forget to call Invest Talk. 88899chart Now I know I teased the voice bank but we have a live question first Richard in Santa Clarita talking about PayPal Yeah hi Justin uh long-term uh, listener um, mm -hmm. on my part uh, enjoy the show quite a bit uh, question to you uh, on PayPal um, you know, at one point in this last year, it was as high as $310, and it has taken a huge drop. A uh, couple of things. I remember you saying uh, when it, you know, when it was like at about 165 in that range, uh, you had mentioned that a good valuation for the stock was really about, you know, 125, you know, about that. And I also recall, I think, uh, a caller once asked, you know, about uh, PayPal versus like Visa or MasterCard. And you were a bigger proponent of PayPal because it, you know, was the more the, the future direction uh, versus, you know, the traditional credit card. So I guess my question to you, PayPal is now at about $112. Uh, if you're looking to buy and hold this, you know, you know even for a, a five-year period or so, is it a good thing to get into right now at, at this at this price? Well, I will say, like I said before, this is a, a pretty good support area and a decent valuation. Uh, the problem is the economic backdrop. 
in an environment where growth is slowing, like we have here in the second quarter, these type of companies will continue to be hit more than most. And today's a good example, down 4.4%. And it's lumped in with kind of the large cap growth stocks. And that's that's what it is. And so near term, not a, a giant fan of it. But it is starting to get down to a price that gets me gets me pretty excited. Talking about free cash for the last 12 months, about 5.5 billion. And you know, they call it a four and a half, five percent free cash flow yield, which is decent. It's not a screaming buy by any means, but you know, it's in the ball, it's starting to get in the ballpark. It, when it was 300 per share, it was egregiously overvalued. Now it's at 112, and it, once again, in the ballpark. But I don't like the the backdrop. Uh, but if we get through maybe the second quarter, maybe mid third quarter through the summer, end of summer, I think that might be an area that might start to get a lot more attractive. So PayPal is on my radar now that it is in the ballpark, but, and it's probably a decent price long-term, but it's not screaming by yet. Uh, and I would be patient on it because the chart is still pretty bearish. Yeah. Now let's grab another invest talk voice bank question on, Oh, what was that? Oh, I was going to say, if you're going to hold it for a long, long time, probably you would just still say you'd uh, go for PayPal in the long run over MasterCard or Visa. Yes, yes, absolutely. I still, I still believe that. Thanks for the call. Now let's grab an Invest Talk Voice Bank question on crypto. Hi, this is Vivian Martin. What's going to be happening when we go to cryptocurrency? I understand that May 20th is the last date for the white paper for the Feds to be reviewed. And uh, Biden's already signed into law cryptocurrency for our future. Um, I think it's kind of ironic that people that aren't going to be affected by 401k law have now put into a new into effect a new law that means that it's mandatory. So they're going to be able to take our money anytime, anyway. Thank you. Bye. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Uh, I know the Fed is looking at a central bank digital currency, and I think that will be rolled out at some point. And, you know, could they confiscate your money because of that? Probably. And that's why I've always been a bit skeptical on independent, decentralized cryptocurrencies, because at the end of the day, governments have control. Governments have power, whether you like it or not. Just look at the last couple of months, what the U.S. and, and Europe has done to Russia. Now, I'm not opining whether that's uh, uh, justified or not. It's not what this is about. It's about simply showing their power that they have. Uh, they were able to confiscate some crypto wallets from the Canadian trucker uh, protesters, they can, they can, they have the power. Remember while, while cryptocurrency operates in the ether, especially in today's world, you should always realize that what matters the most is what is in the real world, the ability to source basic needs, food, energy, housing, and those exist within the jurisdiction of 
governments. And so is it a shock to me that they're looking to plan to launch a, a, a central bank digital currency? No. They're just leveraging the technology that was built independently and allows them to have more control. Now, you can call that a, is that a conspiracy? No, it's just, governments have always found ways to put in systems that gives them more ability to be technocratic, to implement their ultimate policy goals. Um, so does that mean that they're going to steal your money? Probably not. Um, but is this a tool that will allow them to have more control? Certainly. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this final break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart The markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Justin Klein is here now and ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Yes, this is Becky from Kansas City, Missouri, and I have a question about the sale of your personal residence. Let's say you sell it at a profit. You've lived there, say, 15 years, and you sell it for 200000 more than what you paid for it. And you're also in a little bit of a high income tax bracket. So you pay IRMA to Medicare. I'm trying to see what effect the sale of the home would have on the health insurance. I, I guess that's counted as income. So it would make my income go up $200,000 and then my health insurance would go higher next two years. Is there any way around this, can I buy another home for more than what I sold this one for to avoid having $200,000 in income? Thank you. Love your show. Bye. Well, typically, I say talk to a CPA because I'm not a licensed uh, CPA, but this one's super easy because it's uh, very straightforward. You have a $250,000 tax exemption on any home that you lived in for two of the last five years. And if you're married, it's five, it's, it's 250,000 for each of you. So 500,000 if you're married filing jointly. So you should not have to worry about that. $200,000 gain. You've lived in it, said 15 years. So I'm assuming that's two of the last uh, five. Then you're, you're good to go. So uh, you probably shouldn't have to worry about that. But I would consult, always consult, especially in times like this, when you're selling a home, you have gains, uh, make sure that you talk to a CPA. And on your basis too, you have to think about is you can add in your, uh, your improvement costs. So say so you bought the house for 200,000, but over those 15 years, you put in $100,000 for a new air conditioner and a new floor and painting the house and, you know, various things, you can add that to your cost basis and, and reduce your total gain. Now, it sounds like you're going to fit under that 200,000, 250,000 exemption anyway, but always uh, think about that. So thanks for the question. And I don't love tax questions, but that one's always pretty straightforward. Now let's talk about natural gas and natural gas prices. Now, usually natural gas prices decline into the spring. We're in the spring now. And that's usually when heating demand drops. It gets a little warmer, but it's not quite 
warm enough to run your air conditioning all day long and put demands on power plants. Well, this year is a bit different. Prices are climbing into the spring. Obviously, that part of that is the war and record export volumes to Europe of LNG, liquefied natural gas. Now, last year, we were the largest exporter to Europe of natural gas to Europe, and we passed company countries like Qatar and Australia. And in December, we became the world's largest exporter of LNG. We are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. And that's great for our companies, but if you're talking about your gas bill, or your sorry, your electric bill, or the input costs for all types of manufactured goods that are made here, that's actually a negative thing. Why? Because natural gas prices hit a hundred percent increase year over year and up fifty percent so far this year. Now, pre-pandemic, prices were near record lows. And typically, producers torpedoed prices by upping their drilling activity. Well, that's not happening now. The amount of gas in storage in the lower 48 states is 17% below the five-year average at this time of the year. Even though production is increasing, but the demand is increasing at a faster pace, especially because of, of LNG. And so LNG has put a new floor on natural gas prices and thus electricity prices here in the US because we rely heavily on natural gas to produce our electricity. And it goes into things like plastics, fertilizer, concrete, steel, etc. So, uh, this is going to be interesting to see how this is likely to continue to go higher. Um, the LNG capacity is going to ramp up around 2025, so it's going to be a few years before even more of that LNG ships uh, overseas. And I think that'll be the time where uh, you really put pressure on natural gas prices and administrations, whoever that next administration is, if it is one, uh, and potentially banning exports. We'll see what that happens. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Steve Peasley and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family about our free podcast downloads. Now tracking over 40 million in our history. Thanks to you. You get your Invest Talk podcast anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and be sure to rate and review on iTunes. And if you do that, we will prioritize your answer. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. Invest Talk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights.